to the second week of Hilchis Oino, what we discussed in the previous segment extensively was about the fact that Oino Chazal giving a share of Shtus, a sixth of the value of the merchandise that's being sold, and the discrepancy of a sixth being the cutoff point between what's considered within reason of price fluctuations and what's considered already taking advantage of a buyer or a seller. However, there are things that there might be more than a sixth, there are things that are less than a sixth. There are situations where it's not so much that the price is fluctuating, more that the price is subjective to the specific individual. I want to open up this very important discussion by reading a Rambam in Hilchas Mechir Perk Yud Gimel Halacha Aleph. And the Rambam is talking about Oino, and he says, Hamachlev kelim bekelim bebehemu behemu. Give an introduction. The Rambam is talking about what we call Chalipin. Chalipin, what we commonly call Chalipin, is a Kenyan where you're giving over a power of eternity to somebody. But the real idea of Kenyan Chalipin is an exchange. And on a deeper level, an exchange means that the same way we understand that most of our business, when you walk into a store, is based on prices. When I walk into a store... If it's a hardware store, so the drills and the bolts and all the different tools are priced based in dollars and cents. If I walk into a fruit store, the apples, oranges, pears, watermelons, and so on are priced based on dollars and cents per weight, per size, and so on and so forth. And that's the way everything is in the car business, in the real estate business. Everything mostly is priced priced on dollars and cents. But if you ever were in communist Russia, you would know that very often people get together to do business when there's a uh, when there's not much of something around, and people meet on a street corner. They would call it the black market in the good old days, and people would trade. And this is the way it's done in less. Uh, developed societies is that there's a certain amount of trading based on I have a surplus of potatoes you have a surplus of kerosene I need kerosene you need potatoes let's trade the price is in terms of how much it's worth to me there's no uh, defined price and that what you're paying is not because the potatoes are worth $7.90 and the kerosene is worth $7.90 this is what I need this is what you need in that type of market exchange, uh, a bartering market exchange, we call that chalipin because it's actually an exchange of goods, not an exchange of value, i.e. dollars and cents, for goods. So the Rambam says, Hamachlev kelim bekelim, two people that exchange different goods, oi behemo bebehemo, afilu, the Rambam says, machat bisharin, even if one person, gives somebody else a needle, and the other person gives him, Sharin is a suit of armor. means there's something billig, something that's almost nothing, for something that's uh, a major piece of value. You need a lamb, I need a horse. happens to be I have to travel and you have to eat. I, the value of a horse, far exceeds the value of a sheep. There's no, I know. This person needs the needle more than he needs, or this person needs more than he needs the suit of armor. He's willing to trade a suit of armor for a needle. The Rambam is assuming over here that when two people come to market, 
one person has potatoes and one person has carrots, that the idea is not that you're in the mood of potato cocoa and I'm in the mood of tzimis. The idea is I have produce, the, my crop is worth a certain amount, your crop is worth a certain amount, and what we're really doing is buying and selling. It happens to be that we don't have cash, or maybe cash is not, in where we live out in the village is not as useful as something, but really what we're exchanging is really the value, Shaboy. So in that case, yes, I know. This I know. The Ramam says it doesn't make a difference if you actually uh, weighed the value, weighed it, and decided what the value was before the sale or after the sale. Either way, it's assumed that that's a regular market exchange. But we had something that's clearly an exchange based on your needs, my needs. I need this and you need that. So then, and let me know. So what this teaches us is, is that I know is not an absolute concept. I know is based on a price when that's the nature of the sale but where the nature of what i'm giving you over is based on a specific need of yours so then that might change the rules of engagement as far as hilchas i know is concerned that being said let's go into something else what happens if you have somebody who something does have a market value but it's quite clear that he's in a situation where he'd be willing to pay more for it because of various personal considerations does that change the rules of engagement we just saw that the rules of engagement i know that's called the wrong price if the business that's being conducted has nothing to do with price are waived there's no halachas of i know what happens if somebody's personal circumstances are at play let's learn something beyond it's a discussion that's had by the choice based on a sugya in kedushin and he takes it to i know and a sugya to the yivomis Let's learn inside. The Ktois is in Simon Reshchov Zayn's of Cotton Aleph. And the Ktois brings first quotes of Ritva in the first parak in Kedushin. The Gemara over there discusses a concept also of some a certain amount of value. The value in question happens to be not Legabe no, not Legabe sale, but Legabe a Nesina of five Sloim, which is the amount that has to be given to a coin to be to the mitzvah of Pidin Aben. Now, what happens if something that was given over was not worth five Sloim? So then you weren't here to the mitzvah. That's pretty straightforward. Says the Gemara in discussion of relative values, I'm quoting inside, The item in question is not worth five sloim. The coin accepts it as a receipt of five sloim. The Gemara quotes the story of Rav Kahana where Rav Kahana took a sudra, the, the hat that was worn by Rosh Hashivas, in those times, in order that the Rosh Hashivah was called the Reisho de Sudra, so the hat was called the Sudra. So Rav Kahana was Mikabal, Rav Kahana Kishmai Kenu was a Kayin, and he took Pidyan Aben, he took a sudra, even though the market value of this item in question was not five slime. But he said, This is not an open-ended uh, type of concept. This Torah of Kahana was able to be Mekabal, the Gavrabahu, for him, since his personal circumstances, sudra, he needs the Sudra. For him to go out without a Sudra is for somebody else to go out without shoes. 
Somebody else can make an arbitrary judgment call. It's worth to me five slime. It's not worth five slime. That's not the market value. Rav Kahana can redefine the value of a sudra based on his personal circumstances. Even if you're Makabal at the end of the day, Mechila doesn't work by Pinya Ben. The coin has to take five slime. It's not worth five slime. Period. Bezel Hashanin is what the Ritva says on this Gemara. Somebody sells an item to somebody else for six. The market value is five. If for that specific customer it's worth six, he takes the concept that we have over here, the value of five slum, and he says it's the same in the context of a no. When we say you sold something that's worth five for six, we're talking about somebody who, for him, it's not worth six. But what happens to somebody who it is worth six? Relative value is relative. The same way we say over here that four slime is worth five, because for Afghan it's worth five. If Be'etzim it's worth six. That means you can use a relative concept to define value, but that's only because for him that's the value. Rav Kahana, for him, a sudra is worth more than the person in the street. Fakert, because only Rav Kahana needs it, that's why in the street it's not worth that much. There isn't a very high demand for sudras. But Rav Kahana is somebody who, he's the one who needs the sudra. What happens if somebody is not just that he's the one who needs it, but he's ayudei tchak, he's dochuk bedover, hovadek tzitza That's not value. A tzitza, an opmach, an agreement on a price that comes from a place of being nidchak, a place of being in a tough spot. Rav Kahana wasn't in a tough spot. For Rav Kahana, that's how much it's worth. What happens if somebody had to agree to a price and he says, look, I'm going to pay it because I'm in a tough spot. I feel Think, for instance, you walk over to a person who's about to faint in the street and uh, he knows he's about to dehydrate. He's not near a grocery store to buy a bottle of water. You offer him a bottle of water for twice the value. Now, he's going to take it because fainting and being carried off by Hatzola is definitely a less uh, desirable outcome than paying an extra $2. But paying for a $2 bottle of water, $4, is certainly a no. The fact that I'm willing to pay because I don't want to kill over in the middle of the street does not define the value of the bottle of water for 4 a bottle of water for me is not worth four. It's worth two. I'm willing to pay because I'm in a tough spot. Rev Kahana, the sudra, is worth five, not four. Very basic distinction. Watch this. A very interesting case. There was a woman, unfortunately, whose husband passed away, left her without children. The Allah is a woman without children. Is Kuka leaving to her brother-in-law? She can't get married. She's a surah l'shuk unless the brother-in-law either is miyabim, her marries her, or he could be chaylet her and that sets her free. The chalitza will take her out of the state of, of igun. 
Now she fell Liyovam, a fellow who definitely was a catastrophe for her to marry. I don't know if he had emotional issues or if he had physical issues or if he had spiritual, whatever it was, it was loy ro'uya loy. For her to marry him would mean her life is over. So now she doesn't want to marry him. Now he obviously is not very much of a uh, refined character, was holding out not to be chalitz. He was going to extort the situation. She's desperate to be free. She certainly doesn't want to marry this guy. And he's not going to give her the chalitza unless he's going to get paid for it. Also, he comes in front of Abayi. Abayi played a trick on him. Abayi says like this. Give her chalitza. She pays you a high sum of 200 zuz. Okay. 200 zuz, it's money in the bank. I'm willing to do it, he says. Abaya says, okay, now go pay. Papa argues on Abaya and he says, He could say to him, basically in English, we would call it, he could thumb his nose at him. And he could say he's not willing to pay him. Rav Papa says, we have a b'raisa. Somebody's running away from jail. Somebody's on the go from uh, from a jail. We're not talking about federal penitentiary. We're talking about he's on the on the go from a czarist jail. He comes to a river. The soldiers are clearly chasing him. He has to get away. The alternative is bad, if not worse. There's a river in front of him. He gets stuck. There's a ferry right there. He says to the ferryman, Tell dinner vahavireni. Get me out of here. Take me across the river. I'm willing to pay you a dinner. It, a dinner is a nice amount of money. This is not the price of a ferry ride. Enloy elas He does not have to pay the ferryman when he gets away and he hides, etc., etc. The money that he owes the the ferry fellow is not the price of a dinner, the princely sum of a dinner that he agreed on. It's whatever the market value of that ride is. Five dollars, ten dollars. Whatever it is. This, that, this unfortunate Almona had to pay Masayim Zuz for a chalitza The Ritva pulls out of this Gemara that price does not become price when a person agrees because his back is against the wall. You're against the river, they catch you, you're going in front of the firing squad. You'll pay anything. That's not the price. That's how much you're willing to pay not to be caught and shot. She is willing to pay 200 zuz. That's not the price of a Maizah Chalitza. She'll pay it if the alternative is a life of misery or a life of loneliness. But that's not the price. Umikan, If somebody buys medicine, this is a case, think how much was somebody willing to pay when it was thought that uh, that maybe Advil was the cure-all for uh, the very beginning, way back when, when uh, everybody thought that the cure-all for COVID was Advil. Go on Amazon a year ago, and look how much Advil was going for. Is that the price of Advil? No, because everybody was out. I, I, I take that back a little bit, because sometimes when something is very rare, that's not the price. But when there's a panic, or let's say... Uh, it wasn't rare. But you desperately need it because you just came down with flu-like symptoms and so on and so forth. 
Somebody bought um, medicine. Because he's sick and he's scared to not have the medicine. He's only chayv to pay the actual value. The Ritva is telling us that there's a concept over here of Ketzitzo al Yidei Hadchak. So what we have in the Ritva over here is a basic distinction between something actually being worth something to somebody and somebody whose circumstances create that value. It's not value, it's tchak. tchak. That's the operative word of the Chiddush of the Ritva. Says the Ktsois, this is that the Ritva says, this is that it's worth for this specific person, Shita, then we say that that value is the value insofar as this customer is concerned. Kosho, he says, even with a diamond, you know what this is? This is, a person has a piece of jewelry, and there's one diamond, there's one link missing. He needs a specific size, shape, color, pearl, diamond, piece of gold to match. He's willing to pay more than the market value. Why? Because for him, he wants to match it up to make it part of his set. That does have a That value, insofar as somebody is concerned, is not the value. And that's why there would be a din of even though he himself actually needs it and he's willing to pay more. A. Second of all, this is the second Kiddush of the Ketos, where a person's in a tough spot. He has to get across the river. Uh, he's sick. She's condemned to a life of loneliness. They'll pay any money to get away from their fate. In that halach itself, let's say he went across the ferry. He went across the river with the ferry. He already paid the ferry. Could he then be Tevehim and Bezna and say, I never want to pay you more then? No. Lamaisi, you agreed to the price. That is the price. It's just if you hadn't paid yet, you could say, I never really meant to agree to that price. But if you paid already, you paid. Over here, we're talking about a sale. When we're talking about a no, we're talking about getting back money. You paid the money already. How could you then turn around and say, no, I'm asking you for the money back because I never agreed to that price. That was never really the price. You paid it. And that's Mufurish and Shulchan Aruch. That is Vuhubi Shulchan Aruch Reish Tamach Dal Tziv Chesim. Kemi Kol Shulchan Aruch over here. There's no reason why it shouldn't be that way. If she was extorted to pay for the chalitza, if she paid already, she can't get the money back. Well, you agreed that that's how much it was worth. It's only if you hadn't paid yet, you can say, I never agreed. Yes, Hashem, the next year we'll round out the taina of the ketzayis. We'll see the rebuttal of the nesivas to this taina, in this idea of relative pricing.